This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. We are on this journey where we we are discerning what to expect in 2023, how to be better equipped for the journey ahead of us this year through scripture, that is through the lens of the word of the living God. The theme for this episode will be wisdom. In the last episode, we touched on authority and I thought that uh, there's some more things that I wanted to bring to our attention regarding authority and how, you know, we need to be submitted under authority in order to have authority. You know, one of the reasons we said, one of the reasons a captain, for instance, will respect a general or anyone above him is because that person is also under authority. And the reason someone will respect even the highest commanding official in in the military is also because even under that person is what we call the commander in chief. Now, as I was searching the mind of God, I was trying to find where his mind is at. One of the things that I've, I've really tweaked in my prayer life and routine is these three types of prayers that I've started to engage in where level one is, you know, I, I come in and I pray about, you know, my necessities, the things that I need and all of that. Now, that is the lowest form of prayer. And it is very interesting that I don't even enjoy being around in that realm much that is in the realm of, you know, begging, crying, pleading, but I'm still working my faith up to totally, you know, just kind of, you know, just be like, Lord, you say you'll take care of that. I don't even need to, you know, spend hours and hours on that. However, there's a time for supplications. So that's one realm of prayer, right? Then the next, the next level that, that I like to engage in is, is intercession. So intercession, which is, um, it can be for friends, family, you know, my church family, my church community, um, the, the, the city in which I live in, the province, the country, do some intercession for nations and stuff like that. However, there's also now a third dimension, the third dimension or, or like a third level higher up from that, which is where I now just go in and I and I and, and after I've done one, two, level level three is where I like to just ascend in. You know the scripture that says in Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways. Let me let me quickly find that here. 
and quote it in its entirety. So in Isaiah 55, it says, Isaiah 55, chapter 6, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Ah. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that he may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the far tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the martyr tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What I just read there was from Isaiah 55, from verse 6 all the way to verse 13. Now, some key things for us to, to pick up on that. He says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So the third level that I've started taking advantage of is after I've done the whole praying for, you know, one, you know, needs, necessities, all of that stuff, then get up to the next level, which is intercession, different places of intercession. The third place is, is right out of this scripture where it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So the third level is I try to go in and I say, Lord, what are you thinking? Bring me up to your frequency. What are you seeing? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Because the scripture says, he that is from above is above all. G uh, John was, John the Baptist was, was, you know, was talking to the, his disciples about Jesus Christ. He said, he that is from above is above all. He that is from the earth is earthly. He that is from heaven is above all. So once your point of view is elevated, it's very easy to see things that you, you cannot see. You see, when, when, when you're thinking down here, you're thinking at the same level as your problems. So what I'm now doing is that I like to now go up to a level above my problems, which is, and, and I know only one person who has that point of view above my problems, which is God. God exists outside time. His thoughts are not our thoughts. For you might think of doing it something a certain way and he might have another way of doing it. So the highest level I'm finding in prayer is when you ascend to where you start to say, what are you thinking, Lord? So what's on your mind? Because one thing you have to know is that um, just like in the natural realm, when when Satan, like, like let me say in the natural realm, uh, let's say 
when hackers release a new bug, right? That can corrupt your software. That's why sometimes you can wake up in the morning and your computer or your, your computer is saying, that's why, you know, Apple, uh, Samsung, Google, all these companies, they have to keep releasing new updates because once systems are crashing, they, once in a while we'll see uh, on your computer, like for instance, uh, when I woke up, when I turned on my, my computer this morning, it had, I didn't, I didn't go to bed when I, you know, turned it off last night, but it could, it, you know, it wasn't booting up right. And then it automatically restarted and said, uh, your computer restarted because of a problem. Send systems report, send problem report to Apple. I said, yes. Now, once that problem happens, that's how Apple is able to know how to deal with that issue. So if let's say someone else's computer had that problem and Apple sees men, we're receiving these system reports, problem reports that are similar. And maybe there's a thousand computers coming in that have the same issue. What is it? They diagonize it, they look into it, they release an update, right? So once they release an update, that update is supposed to cover the issue that you had before. So when Satan, every day, Satan is also, you know, re-strategizing. He doesn't have too many, he can never out-strategize God, but Satan is always also re-strategizing. You know, the way Satan is attacking us is changing. You know, as, as we've seen in the last couple of episodes, it, you know, the way Satan is attacking this generation is not the same way he attacked our parents' generation. The way he attacked our parents' generation is not the same way he attacked our grandparents' generation. So every generation, Satan comes in with a different strategy, you know. So we you have to evolve. So now I've started to make this part of my habit where I just ask God to say, for the next one hour, I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to pray in the spirit. I want you to, calib to calibrate me with your thoughts this morning. Because here's the other thing, and this is why it's very important for us to pray in the morning. Um, because when you go to bed, Satan, even the people who invoke the powers of darkness, you know, evil spirits, demons, and all of that stuff, uh, they they have, let's say, made some plottings for you. You know, it's it's in scripture. We, we you know, if if you, I didn't I, I didn't plan to go too much into. I'm not going to go too much into spiritual warfare, but it does exist. Uh, if you want to see, uh, uh, just go read Psalms 140, and it will show you that every single day these principalities powers evil forces that are plotting against your downfall and your movements every day. That is in uh, Psalms 140, and it says, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Seller, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man 
who have purposed to overthrow my goings. So when you wake up in the morning, for you thinking that, you know, the universe or the earth or the forces of evil, uh, you know, they were just, they're just going to pave the way for you, for you to walk, roll through like, a, a, you know, on a red carpet on a Monday morning. <laughs> I've got news for you, brother and sister. Here is telling you the evils, the evil forces, the violent and wicked people have purpose to overthrow your goings. He goes on, verse number five, the proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. He's telling you what's happening. He's telling you what's happening. You want to know why you have a bad Monday, bad Tuesday, bad Monday mornings? Why Why all of a sudden you, you, you're going to a certain part of town and things are not working out? It's because these evil forces that are plotting against your downfall when? Every day. How frequent? Daily. Every minute, every second, every hour. They don't want you to prosper. That's why then in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans not for evil, plans not to harm you or to hurt you or to destroy you, but plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will seek me. And when you seek me, you will find me. And when you find me with your, with your own. So you see, someone else, the forces of darkness have plans that are not good for you. Anyways. So, in your spare time, read through Psalms 140. You'll see that that's all spiritual warfare right there. It'll, it'll, it'll map it out for you, and your eyes will be open. Now, because uh, I, I want to really get across the point uh, that, I'm, that I'm trying to make here. So, this dimension is what I've started to tap into where I wake up in the morning. Um, I, I do have different, you know, prayer altars and stuff like that, but... Even when I've prayed at night, you know, that warfare hour, you know, the 12 to 3. Uh, I know some of you do yours, you know, you know, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Um, but even when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I feel like, oh, man, I prayed, you know, last night, you know, during that prayer prayer time there. And uh, but the Lord says, listen, the, you went to bed. However long you slept, the strategy, the enemy's strategies. He has plotted, he's already plotted against you. So why don't you come up hither, right? Come up to me and calibrate the mind of God and be calibrated with the thoughts of God. Let me show you what new schemes are happening in the spirit realm, things that you need to watch out for, things that you need to be cognizant of. Um, so yeah, so there's a third realm where I want to challenge you, where getting to your prayer time, and in this one, you, you don't really have prayer. Uh, uh, the only prayer item that you have for, 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 for seeking God's mind is you're just saying, Lord, calibrate my mind to your thoughts. Where are you? The other thing that I've been tapping into, which has been I've been receiving understanding on, is that how God thinks at 9 a.m. is different from how God might be thinking at 12 p.m. So once in a while, it's good to check in and say, Lord, where, where is your mind right now? Because, you know, just like in football, you know, so uh, if, if you if you watch American football, um, the reason why I actually like American football is because, yeah, the, 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 the you know, I'm, 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 you know, soccer is the real football, soccer, which people here call soccer. It's the real football. 
um, it's still my first love. No, it's still my favorite, you know, sport. But the reason I, I, I enjoy American football is because as the game is going on, there's like different, um, there's like different uh, tactics happening in the game. But whatever is happening on the field is being influenced by what's happening off the field. It's it's really unique. Let's say because many a times you 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 have some of the offensive coordinators, especially, you know, uh, some other coordinators, the coordinator teams, they're always seated in the box, right? They're always seated like high up above the team on the ground. So when they see, let's say, when they see uh, the opposing team changing strategy, right? You who's on the field, you might not see it, right? Because you might not see it because of the pressure in the game. You might not see it because you are eye level. But the people outside the field and the people, some, some, sometimes these coordinators are seated. Yeah, these coordinators are on the ground, right? But the coordinator teams are actually seated above. You know, they're seated, they sit high up, right? So that's God, right? And when they see something happening on the field, they communicate to the team, to the teams, to the to the coaches on the ground, right? And then the coaches on the ground can make a better decision, you know, in the moment and communicate that to the quarterback. So I like the the the, the mind the the the, the 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 changing of strategies on the fly, right? The things that happen uh, with American football. So. There's a strategy. This is the same approach that you can take, where you 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 go up and you say, "Lord, I know your point of view for 2023. You have a point of view, right? And you are seeing everything that the government is trying to do, everything that uh, wicked people are trying to do, everything that people are trying to do, so that I do not prosper this year, so that I don't have a victorious year. So I want to challenge you." These, they, to, to dedicate some of your prayer time just to say to ask him, calibrate my mind to your mind, or just say, Lord, what are you thinking right now? And I'm starting to be surprised when I ask the question, Lord, what are you thinking right now? Where is your mind? Right? Where is your mind? So sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's a challenge, you know, depending on how much, uh, and that's why uh, the mind of God, you know. That's what I'm saying is that sometimes it can change. You know, the Lord is infinite. He has infinite thoughts and whatever. So his strategies and how he wants to help you during this, you know, or, you know, on the battleground, you know, his strategies can change based, his strategies for you can change based on how the enemy is trying to attack you. So try to ask him and say, Lord, where is your mind right now? You know, where you just want to, to download some thoughts from God, right? So that's another interesting thing that I wanted to share. So, for instance, you know, my intent was to continue, you know, you know, talking about, you know, the, the part two of the last episode, which is authority, which is get under authority to have authority. And because the forces against you in 2023 will only listen 
to authority, to higher authorities. So if you don't have authority, they're not going to listen to you. So for me, seeking the mind of God kind of started last night, where I was like, Lord, uh, there's, there's quite a, you know, there's a, there's a thorn in the flesh. Um, if you're not a Christian, you'll not understand what that means. Uh, but the, it's called a thorn in the flesh. It's something that bugs you. And man, you, you're just trying to find an answer to this thing. And you're like, man, I, you know, what, what, what is causing this? You know, what, what, what is the issue with this? You know, what is really behind this? So, I, I, so I was, you know, praying last night and just, and I was like, I was like, Lord, uh, um, so then he, it was interesting because, um, as many of us do, and as we're going to be doing this year, as we have been doing in the past is we are going to enter the year, you know, we, we closed the year on as many Christians do on this whole theme or train called breakthrough. Every year we wanted to be a year of breakthrough, right? It's like, oh, this is the year of breakthrough, you know? God, I'm praying for your breakthrough. God, I'm praying for your breakthrough. I'm praying for your breakthrough. I'm praying for your breakthrough. Now, I want us, I was challenged last night and I, because I was asking a lot of questions and I said, Lord, you know what? Um, it seems to me that if, because it seems to me that this issue that I've been praying for breakthrough for a very long time, and the breakthrough hasn't 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 come, so it was bothering me, and and I'm sure you 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 know unless you've had a life of no trials and tribulations, there are some things you prayed about. And the thing just won't go away. And you've been praying the prayer of breakthrough, man. And you've been praying the prayer of breakthrough. And you fasted and you've prayed and you. And so I said, what is really the problem? So I started to say, you know what, Lord, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop praying for breakthrough. And I'm going to start praying for Breakthrough for wisdom. Breakthrough for wisdom. So one of the ways that I, we, you need to recalibrate strategy, especially spiritual strategy, because that's what you need for victory in 2023, is calibrate from... And, and, and so that's kind of... I went to bed on that note, right? When I woke up in the morning and I was, you know, doing my time of fellowship, I still, I said, Lord, let me seek where your mind is at. Where is your mind this morning? You know, what, what, where is your mind for me? You know, God's mind for you might be different from God's mind for me. So you, you kind of have to seek him and be like, where is your mind this morning? So when I'm seeking his mind this morning saying, you know, I, I want to talk about continuing the tangent of authority 
and this and that. But I said, where is your mind right now for, you know, for what to talk about right now, right now? Where is your mind? Because you're seeing, you, you have, you know, a point of view, an elevated point of view for so many of us believers. And, 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 and it came back to where I was before I went to bed, which is like you, a lot of people praying for these things that have been going for a long time for breakthrough, for breakthrough. But it's saying, I want, I want you to seek wisdom, not breakthrough. I want you to seek wisdom, not breakthrough. And why is that? Because the first uh, a, a pivotal scripture that I want to introduce at this point is from Proverbs chapter 4. And we can see why he, he the Lord was, was challenging me on this. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 23. No, verses 7. But I'll, 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 I'll give us a little bit of context. I like to read around the neighborhood of scripture. So Proverbs chapter 4 and the whole book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. But this scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, and then I will read around it. I'll go back to... Um, I'll read around the neighborhood of this scripture and you'll see why this is important. But the, the, the pivotal scripture, the, 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 the scripture of emphasis is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, which says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Right now in verse 5, so I'll read from verse 5 down to um 13. In verse 5, it starts off by saying, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. So he so, 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 so he gives us the, the context before he comes to say wisdom is the principal thing. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve you. Love her, and she shall keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Then verse 8, exalt her, and she shall promote you. She shall bring you to honor when you do embrace her. She shall give to your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she shall deliver to you. Hear my son, hear all my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life shall be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you go, your steps, your steps shall not be straightened. And when you run, you shall not stumble. Take first hold of instruction and let her not go. Keep her for she is your life. That's the context of that scripture. Seek wisdom, not breakthrough. So the Lord, when, when, when I went to him, says, come up here. 
you're trying to, you've been praying for breakthrough and breakthrough is not working. Because I know if I break through, if I break you through this wall, Satan is going to put the same wall ahead of you. And you're still going to keep coming back and seek another breakthrough. You're always going to need breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. What you need is a breakthrough on wisdom. So that's what I want. That's that's when I or that's the that's the theme for this episode, which is seek wisdom, not breakthrough. Seek, you know, seek breakthrough on wisdom, not just breakthrough. Seek wisdom, seek breakthrough wisdom. That's that's what I need. That's 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 what I want. Seek breakthrough wisdom. Seek breakthrough wisdom because you can get back into the place of needing breakthrough and again and again and again, and you're always going to need God to bail you out. But wisdom, breakthrough wisdom, so one of the mindset shifts that we need in 2023 is when you're praying, when you're asking for people to pray for you, tell them, I need breakthrough wisdom. I need breakthrough wisdom. That needs to become something that you pray over and, and seek because wisdom liberates you forever. Wisdom liberates you forever. Wisdom will and indeed is the key to liberating you forever. Now, when you receive wisdom, you get to a place where in, 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 in Psalms, Psalms 113, where, you see, when you don't have wisdom, you're always going to need a breakthrough. It's true. Let's just be transparent. Let's just be honest, man. Let, let's, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, casting stones at anyone. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side as well. When we don't have wisdom, we're always going to need breakthrough. But right now, what we need is breakthrough wisdom. Because in, 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 in when you receive wisdom, I believe it elevates you to where Psalms 113 says. It says, the Lord is high above all the nations and his glory is above the heavens. That's Psalms 113 verses 4. Verse 5 says, who is like unto the Lord our God who dwells on high? He humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the needy out of the dunghill so that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. Now, wisdom is, is what raises you up out of the dust and lifts you out of the dunghill. When you just get breakthrough, The, why do we need wisdom? Why is wisdom the principal thing? Because many Christians, and, and I, was, I was arrested last night and even this morning, we're seeking to get out of situations without knowing what was the cause behind that. Let's say, 
let's say, and, and this is the thing, when you hear about people who win the lottery, what are the percentages? I think it's a 90% or something like that of them, you know, they go broke again because they received a breakthrough, but they never received breakthrough wisdom. So it's only time at a certain point, it doesn't matter if you win a lottery of $10 million with a with, 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 with a poor mindset, those $10 million will all depart from you. They will leave your hand. And it might take 50 years, it might take 10 years, it might take five years, but at a certain point, if you don't have a mind of wisdom, if you don't have a rich or prosperous mind, the $10 million it's just in a, it's just about time in, in in just a matter of time the 10 million dollars will leave your hands so i think the lord challenged me from last night and saying you 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 just you, you you're not seeking me and asking me what caused this problem because if i break you through and you don't have the wisdom of what really caused the problem. How did I get in this mess in the first place? If you do not know that answer, even if the Lord breaks you through, Satan can still bring this situation back around. It, it could even be five years from now. So you might break through now for five years and the situation comes back around, right? Or you might break through in your lifetime but then the situation starts to show up again through your children. And when the Lord wants to deal with the situation, he wants to uproot the root problem. He, he deals with the heart That's what, because the heart of man is the root, is where the roots grow. Because it said out of the heart of man, it says, um, out of the balance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, if he says the fruit, uh, where is that? I want to, I want to quote it rightly. It talks about make the tree, about making the tree good and its fruit good. He says, if the root, uh, it's somewhere in Matthew, let me find it. But it's this concept of, uh, making the tree to be good best off of its fruit. Uh, where is that? Where is that? Help me, Holy Spirit. Anyways, um, yeah, so, and, and that's why also in, in the Gospel of St. John, it talks about, I am the vine and you are the branches, right? So, if the Lord... If his wisdom is not yet the vine in the issue, he knows that you will not bear good fruit. Right? So, uh, I can't find it right now, but it will come to me. It's this whole concept of, of, of making the tree good. Uh, Jesus was talking about it. Uh, let me see where I can find that. But, um, so anyways... Make the tree good 
Where is that Holy Spirit? I think that's really good. I think that'll be really, really good. Anyways, it's, 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 it, Jesus is talking about the tree and and, 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 and and the fruit. Where is that? Um, I'll find it. That's another point. Holy Spirit, help me. So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is this, is... The Lord was challenging me and saying, you want the breakthrough, but the breakthrough is not actually what you need. You need the breakthrough wisdom. If I give you the breakthrough without the breakthrough wisdom, you're going to need the breakthrough again. So 2023, one of your approaches should be breakthrough wisdom. You need breakthrough wisdom. You need to download breakthrough wisdom for your life, for your marriage, for, for your work, for your spiritual life. You need breakthrough wisdom. Wisdom, at the end of the day, is the principal thing. Even if doctors were in a surgery room, right? We've all heard of this. Stories that say, we've done all we know to do. So, at that point, they've hit a wall and they need wisdom. Meaning that if they know how to deal with the problem, they will deal with it. And so at that moment, your prayer becomes, Lord, give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. They need breakthrough wisdom to deal with that sickness, with that disease. Or even when you look at divine healing or divine health, to walk in divine health, you need wisdom because the Lord will tell you, don't eat that. Don't do that. The Holy Spirit will guide you and tell you, don't eat that. Don't do that. Maybe you need to take some vitamins. Maybe this is missing from your diet and that's why this issue the sickness keeps coming up. This is what... So, no matter how you look at it, th this scripture, Proverbs 4, verse 7, is probably one of the most important scriptures in, in the Bible because it's it wraps up everything. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. And in all thy getting, get understanding. So, let us let us keep following this tangent here. You need wisdom. So I want to challenge you, just as like I, I've been challenged, that wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all that again, get understanding. And I felt the Lord telling me, say, you know what? A lot of people right now in 2023, they've already said it. They're seeking for breakthrough. But there's a higher realm, which is called breakthrough wisdom. They just want this issue to disappear. And, and I know, and that's where I've been. You know, we all have some things where you're like, Man, you just want this thing to disappear. But unfortunately, things have spiritual roots. And if you don't deal with the spiritual root, it will still keep showing up in the natural. So, but not a lot of people are approaching him and saying, what is the issue really? Like, what caused this? How did our family even end up in this mess? How did our family end up here? How did my marriage end up here? How, how did my relationship even with you end up here. 
How did my relationship with so-and-so end up here? How did my performance at work end up here? Why doesn't my boss like me? What is wrong? What is what is the um, problem with our economy? You know, we're solving everything at the level of man's wisdom. Now, which introduces uh, the next point that, that, that I want to bring up. So we all know this story. So, and this now I'm going to kind of bring, you know, paint this whole picture of when we're talking about the economy in our countries and the, all the problems that we have in the world. So Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 2, has a dream. What makes it worse is that he has a dream and he calls, he had, it says, I'll just read it, some interesting parts. And you'll see what, that there's a realm in 2023 where you're going to start to need to operate to know God's thoughts, to know what God is thinking. And one of the ways you can do that is to pray without an agenda of saying, that's what I'm saying, you have to now, it's okay, have some prayer time where you pray about your needs and this, that's a different level and realm of prayer. Then intercession. But I want to tell you that the highest form of prayer is the one where we access breakthrough wisdom. At level one, we're trying to access, Lord, bail me out. Right? Lord, this is the problem. Rent is due. Bail me out. Lord, my mortgage is due. Is due. Bail me out. Uh, I need a miracle. Lord, um, uh, you know, uh, I need a job. Bail me out. Or I'm sick. You know, bail me out. Um, I need a car. Bail me out. I need this. I need this. So at that level, we're seeking a breakthrough. But you're not really praying for breakthrough wisdom. Because when you pray for breakthrough wisdom, how am I how I'm how I'm seeing it works is you you kind of have no agenda. You're trying to seek the mind of God. You're trying to seek the mind of God in that moment, in that season, and saying, Lord, where is your mind right now? Because the, for instance, um, this is this is an example. Let's say your your issue. Let me say you have uh, a health issue. Or let me say you have an argument and you can't see eye to eye with your partner, with your spouse. Um, let's say it's around midday, right? The thing that is troubling you is that, right? Now, from God's perspective, he knows that, listen, you are worried about your ongoing fallout with your husband or with your wife or with your colleague, 
but you don't know that Satan has a trap set for you that at around six o'clock, it's gonna be an accident on the route that you normally take to go back home. Now, that could be an accident that, you know, is fatal or an accident that will probably cause car damage and now cause the next three to four weeks of turmoil, right? Maybe now you don't have your car. Now you need to depend on someone else to get a ride to work and, and this, you can't drop off your kids. And, and so the next four weeks is just going to be spiral and, uh, and the spiraling out of those next four weeks could affect your performance at work and where you could snap and cast out your boss and you get fired. So that's something that you don't know is, 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 is where Satan has planned for you spiritual warfare, according to Psalms 140. Now, at around three o'clock, it makes sense that you say, Lord, give me peace of mind, you know, help me, me and my husband, me and my spouse, help me to reconcile between me and my kids. I'm going to be seeing them later on. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be the prayer emphasis. But this realm, I say, where you pray and say, God, what are you seeing right now? What is the play field looking like? If you check in with the Father at around 3 p.m. and say, Lord, I'm going back home. You know, I put my commute ahead of you, you know, in, in your, my commute ahead in, in your hands. And you ask him, what are you thinking? What are you seeing right now? In that moment, you might not know, but God might tell you, hey, why don't you stop by this grocery store here uh, for a couple of minutes? And uh, maybe he'll say, he'll say something to you like, ah, you know. Uh, instead of, you know, getting those groceries, you know, at the other grocery store where you normally get them, which would mean that you would normally have to take the normal route and way back home. He'll tell you, ah, wh why don't you get them from here? You know, you'll just feel something that will, will lead you in that direction, right? And you'll be like, ah, you know what? I'll, I'll actually stop here. Uh, I'll pick up these things from here. And because you stop at a different grocery store, you don't know that God has rerouted you from an accident that would have perhaps hurt you, ended up in physical damage uh, and your car being damaged, which would have spiraled into insurance claims or this or that, delaying out six weeks, four to four weeks, maybe you don't have your car, they, have, they, don't, they don't have the parts, all of that, whatever, you're now being inconvenienced in the morning, you now have to pay for Uber to get to work, all that mess for the next six weeks that you would have that you would that you would have been in is avoided because all you did was at around 3 p.m. you wanted to recalibrate and say, What are you thinking? Is there any trouble out there? Right? And so you reroute, God reroutes you by putting another desire for you to go to a different grocery store, which means you now take a different path home and you escape the trap that Satan had for you. 
So God's really been opening these things up to me, and I'm seeing these things, and you know, I, I never really approached God like this, you know. And so I'm just sharing some of the updates I'm receiving is that elevate to a realm of seeking breakthrough wisdom, breakthrough wisdom, not just breakthrough. Have your prayer times of breakthrough, but now I want you to dedicate like an hour. Well, so Lord, I'm coming in to just know what are you thinking? What are you seeing right now? What are your what are your current thoughts and plans right now for my life, for my family, for my city, for my workplace, for my country? You know, and seek an update, seek a spiritual update. Try, as, as you're going through the day, try to have moments where you get a spiritual update. That's why you hear people like Daniel. It's like, oh, pray three times a day. Uh, David, uh, says seven times. And then now you get to Paul. Paul is saying, pray at all times. You know, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing doesn't always mean that you are on your knees it's like every time you, you gotta pray, you are on your knees. Praying is is a communication where you keep the communication line open, even when you are at work. It's possible because when you do when you are at work, you're not doing spiritual work, right? You're using your mind. So you can engage your mind and also engage your spirit. So even if you're at your desk and you're doing you're looking at numbers, bookkeeping, tap into this other supernatural wisdom where you start to engage the spirit. Because you can still communicate with the Father and fellowship in the Spirit as you're talking even to someone. I can have a conversation with someone while at the same time I'm having a conversation with God. It's supernatural. You can literally be talking to someone mentally with mental assent while in your belly, in your spirit, you're having a conversation with God where you're asking God to reveal to you the things about this person. That is how word of knowledge comes. That is how word of wisdom comes. Is as you're engaging on the front here with your boss, in your spirit, you're asking the Lord, what should I say to him? And the Lord tells you something and you communicate it out of your mouth. This is what is happening. I'm having this conflict. You're in a middle of conflict in the natural, speaking with your mind, but your spirit is where you're tapping from the reservoir, the, the, this divine knowledge, uh, this, this, this mysteries that we're talking about, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So I've been challenged as well to seek breakthrough wisdom, not just breakthrough. Seek breakthrough wisdom, not breakthrough, not just breakthrough. Seek breakthrough wisdom. Because that is the one that uplifts you from the dust and the downhill. And you never have to deal with that issue again. Breakthrough wisdom goes to the root of the problem. So, now someone might wonder and say, well, do I really need God for breakthrough wisdom? Well, in the book of Daniel, we're presented with this, with this scenario. What is the scenario? Daniel was already 
10 times wiser. In chapter one, we have a, a, a record of this. It says, so Daniel and his friends, some of the wisest, who were the, the, the wise, you know, the smart kids were, when they were taken into exile into Babylon, the king took the wise children, right? The ones that were knowledgeable. So Daniel happened to be one of them. Anyways, after three years of them being calibrated to the style and lifestyle of Babylon, in verse 17, it says, as for the four children, that is um, Daniel, they changed their names, but Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, whom many of us know as, um, un unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave the names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach. So all of us know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we keep Daniel's name. But anyways, I, I will I will not change kind of how we've come to familiarize ourselves with them. So anyways, this was in chapter one. These four children, Daniel, Meshach, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days that the king, this is Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 to 20. And then it'll set up chapter 2, where I want to dive into why do we need the wisdom of God. It says, verse 19, and the king, now at the, verse 18, now... At the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Now, at this point, Daniel was already ten times wiser than everybody else. This applies to us today. At this point, we have technology that is perhaps 10 times better than what we've had before. We have militaries and armies and, and access to knowledge. We're now tapping into even artificial intelligence, you know, to be the secondary um kind of like functionary of society next to 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 man to human life we've started creating artificial intelligence now we have things like chat gpt where you can say write me 
a poem or a story or a book on this subject in the theme of the King James Bible, and it will do it in, in three seconds. So, but here's the problem though, that even when there's wisdom, there's knowledge that was 10 times higher than what already existed, there can always come a problem that can challenge even the highest wisdom in the land. And that's what happened. So Nebuchadnezzar had access to all magicians, astrologers, scientists, you name it. I mean, he had it all. So let's now, that's set the state, chapter two. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his spirit and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call all the magicians. Now, this is what Nebuchadnezzar had access to. He commanded to call all the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams, right? He called all the wisdom in the land. This is exactly what we have today. They hold these big conventions. The United Nations, you know, the United Nations or the, the, the G8 or G20 summit. They go to these world economic forums. They call everybody. Everybody is called. All the scientists, the knowledge, the, all the knowledge is in the room. And what happens? Next year, they need to do that again. But the problems are still there. And they, 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 it's almost like it, it, it's almost like every every after meeting, they can only sense that you know things are getting worse. And 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 the knowledge that was shared in the last meeting did not solve those problems. And so call for another meeting next year. But there comes a point when the problem challenging the land has insight needs insight that only God has because God's point of view now you have to uh, add this context of God is the alpha omega the beginning and the ending he exists around time he was before all things so before that problem that our country is dealing with that your country is dealing with that your government is dealing with that your family has been dealing with there was a time when your family didn't have that problem but something happened in the DNA code of your family, of your life, of something, changed the DNA code and decided to cause a domino effect. So just like it has been, we've been trying to solve some problems, but we solved the fruit, not the root. So our leaders gather in the wisdom of man. God is never invited to that table. God is never invited to that table. And if you realize is that every choice of decision, and that's very interesting because I feel like this is going back to one of the earlier episodes. If you look at the, 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 the wisdom to know in, in, in the book of James, this is what it says in the book of James, how to discern the wisdom of God 
and the wisdom of man. It, it, it gives us a very clear uh, breakdown about the wisdom of God, which is the wisdom from above and the wisdom of man. It says, I love the, the subtitle here. This is James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. It says, live wisely. It says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Wow. It says, <laughs> he's kind of throwing this question out. He says, oh, you think you're wise? And you're endued with knowledge? He says, show out of a good conversation your works with meekness of wisdom. Let me let me try to, because I, I I like to hang out in the in the in the in the in the King James, but let me let me try to read that. Let me read that in another translation so that you can see how it separates God's wisdom from the wisdom of man. Again, this is James chapter three, verses thirteen. Let me re first read it in the NKJV. Actually, I read it out in a couple of translation. So here we go. I'll first read it out in the NKJV. It says, "Who is a wise and understand? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works." are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Then it says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, Confusion and every evil thing are there, right? So it says, if we look at the work that you have done and there's envy and there's self-seeking and there is confusion and there is confusion, that's key. If there is confusion, it says every evil work is, is there. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, uh, it's full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So... The wisdom, when these people gather, World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the governments, Congress, uh, Parliament, it doesn't matter, any country. If they really had a meeting that had God, you know, that had Jesus at the table, that had the wisdom of the living God at the table, we don't want no wisdom from dead gods. 
want wisdom from the living God. At the table, we judge their fruit of the actions that they took from that meeting, you know, the next year or the next couple of years. So if the World Economic Forum has been meeting for X number of years and we still haven't seen good fruit, it means the wisdom that was applied in those meetings was not from above. It was not God's wisdom. It was not. And so just so you know, just because you have scientists and, and engineers and, and the experts of the world all in one room does not mean that you're going to have the answer. No, because there's some problems that we have to accept as mankind that we need spiritual answers. We have to agree that th these problems are, they have a spiritual problem, a spiritual root, I mean. So we need some spiritual answers on the table. But you see, we've eliminated the, the God factor. We've eliminated God from, you know, the Bible from schools, from, 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 we, we, we use the Bible right now just as a token of swearing in people, put your left hand on it, put your right hand out. You know, you make a, you make, you make uh, this whole spiel. It, it, it has just become formality because if you put your hand on the Bible and you're saying that you're, you're making an oath that you are going to rule and reign through that book, you should pass your legislations, your policies, whatever you're trying to do through the lens of that book. Otherwise, take the book away. Otherwise, take the book away. It makes no sense to put your hand on the Bible for formality. This is the this is the foolishness. This is this is the, the this is what we're up against. We are fooling ourselves. If you don't believe in God, just make it public. Don't even have the Bible there at the ceremony. But to put your hand on top of it and to be sworn in under oath and then turn around and not open that book and run it as a lens for every policy legislation, whatever you want to do, means the problems we're dealing with are still not going to be solved because the wisdom that you are going to come and implement and used to implement is not going to be pure is not going to be peaceable it's not going to be gentle it's not going to be it's not going to be willing to yield it's not going to be full of mercy it's not going to be with good fruits it's it's not it's going to be uh it's going to be partial it's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to have hypocrisy right so that is the wisdom from above. Anyways, we have a scenario here where all the smartest people in the land were brought to solve this problem. And no one could find the problem. I mean, no one could find the solution. It's the same thing that happened with Joseph when Pharaoh had a dream that disturbed him and no one could give him an answer. And the man of God, Joseph, showed up to the scene and brought down wisdom from above 
the hidden wisdom of God and gave an insight to an economic problem that was going to happen within the next 14 years that would have destroyed the whole land. But Joseph gave them wisdom that elevated their economy and they built an economy that if you really look at it, it shows you even how we are in the mess of inflation we're in today. You really see how Joseph in the book of Genesis built the economy. You see how the first credit system was put in place. You see how wages were introduced, salaries and all of that. It's right there in the book of Genesis. So the Pharaoh at that time looked around Egypt, could not find anyone. In fact, when he had the the, the, the wisdom from above, as it says in James, it, 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 you, it just blows your mind because when they had the problem, when Pharaoh had the dream, he didn't, he didn't even know what he meant, right? So you could have data in your company and you might think you're looking at it right, but you may not know that that data is actually saying this is going to be a problem within five years from now or two years from now or three years from now. And this is how we can start to prepare ourselves. You might think that it's just an economic downturn, right? But what you may not know from that data is that customers are actually, their tests are changing. They're getting tired of your product offering. And what you need at this time is to start innovating another product. You might think that, no, you might think that the problem is because no one is buying or because the economy is going down and people's spending power is going down. But what you might not know is that the hidden wisdom of God will actually tell you, brother and sister, that actually your company needs to pivot because customers' tests have changed. They want a better product. So the 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 the, the dive, the decrease in sales, the, the, the drop in revenue is actually not because of the drop in the outer economy, but it's because the tests of your customers are changing. So while you might, you and your team, data scientists might be looking at it and saying, oh, we're going to weather the storm because once the economy comes back up, but the economy might come back up and you'll still have uh, a downtime. You'll still have a drop in revenue and your revenues could keep going down while the economy is going back up. Can't you see that you lack that insight that, listen, in three to four years time, customers will actually not want anything to do with your product. This is like, let's say, a blockbuster versus Netflix. For you thinking that customers are, you know, just having a downtime. What you don't understand is that customers are switching their tests and desires to streaming a la Netflix instead of blockbuster. Customers are tired of renting hard, hard, hard DVDs and having to drop them off, you know. So th these things, they apply. Scripture applies to our lifestyle. It's not just uh, for us to feel, oh, surreal and uh, ethereal and that. So we have to start tapping into this next realm of the wisdom of God. We have to start tapping into this realm of the wisdom of God. That is what I have for you. Tapping into the wisdom of God. And so what we're going to do is that we have 
two tangents right now, the tangent of wisdom and also uh, the tangent of authority. And I really hope that we will be able to finish those, the tangent of authority, the tangent of wisdom. And I'll keep seeking the Lord and saying, what are you thinking right now? Where is your mind right now? So, as always, this was Unplugged. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Kabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Sela.